welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Okay, guys, here we are for Wednesday, May 6th, and we are joined by Marco D'Angelo, bringing 29 years of handicapping expertise to the table, Vegas runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional better who lives on his winnings, and Stephen Nover, a genuine sports journalist whose specialty is the NBA this time of year. Okay, now each week what we try to do here is we talk about upcoming games, and teach you how to handicap any game. NBA playoffs, let's talk about it. What information can we provide that's going to help our listeners gamble better and smarter and more enjoyably in the next few days? Okay, big series, big event was Houston Lakers. Houston wins game one. Remember, we're taping on Wednesday. Vegas Shriner, thoughts? I'm I'm really not surprised. I really thought going in, Houston was going to be the team that could give the Lakers the most problems and the team most designed to win a series because of they, they play defense. And I think that is the number one problem that the Lakers are going to have to deal with throughout this entire series. It was evident in game one, and I think it's going to be like that throughout the uh, series because you see Kobe, uh, it's that matchup, Kobe and Battier, and Battier just is a very intelligent basketball player. He, he didn't graduate early from Duke by accident, and uh, he Kobe just hates playing against him. He might have shot scored 30-some points, but he took 42 shots to do so, and you're not going to beat Houston doing that every night. The other thing that uh, interests me, and, and I actually wrote a little short blog on it, I really believe this Houston team, they're not the same team that they were earlier in the season. Uh, without Tracy McGrady, they've taken on a totally new complexion. The team works more as a team instead of looking to McGrady as the, as the shooter, the scorer. Everybody's working together and they're stepping up, and Yao Ming in the middle is just presenting problems for the Lakers. Let me ask you guys, though, about this series. And <clears throat> I've sat out so far. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get involved. I uh, My concern with Houston, <clears throat> VR, and I know you have a future book ticket on the Rockets, is there a guard situation? Is Aaron Brooks, is he a strong enough point guard? I think he is. I, I really do. Um, I think Adelman's done a phenomenal job. If, if he's not up for coach of the year with the job he's done with Houston, I mean, that would just be a shame. And I think Brooks has our test leading him, guiding him. He, he's able to... Is that ed- a good guide? Yeah, he's a great guard. He's a great guard. He, he I mean, who, a head case. Who would you rather <laughs> be teaching him how to be a defensive-minded guard than our test? He's definitely, a, you know, a problem child. There's no question. I agree with you there, Stephen. But whenever he comes to play, he is one of the best defensive players in the league, you know, when he wants well, to play. That's, all, that's always the paradox when you have a, a great athlete who's a head case is when you look at their great playing, it's like, oh, God, this person could contribute so much. And then when you see the bad things they do, it's like, oh, well, it didn't work out that way. But typically the teams that win long term are the teams that don't go for those guys. I mean, think about the NFL, the Patriots. Yeah, they'll go for a Moss only if he stays in line. Steelers, they never do that kind of thing. So I uh, 
I mean, look at the NBA. Uh, it'd be very interesting to find a team if you take the NBA, the uh, and and NFL and baseball, and say the last ten years you've had thirty champions. How many of them would you say were teams that were great teams, and how many of them had great players? Uh, it's always been my opinion that you're going to go farther with a team rather than an individual an individual is going to carry you so far the team concept and that's been what's been the Patriots success in in football is even though they have Tom Brady the team wins as a team and it seems to me that in from a better's perspective which is is what we look at these games from is the public seems to embrace the player the public thinks about teams like a fantasy team and it's like oh look at all those great players the san diego chargers let's say is an example of that so the teams the team teams are undervalued and the teams with the marquee players are overvalued so i think in general betters that are going to be fading uh the um teams that have a lot of marquee guys that maybe don't play together and playing on the teams that really focus on teamwork i think is a good approach in general a perfect example of that in the NBA would be, you know, for the last decade, the Detroit Pistons. Tell me how many superstars the Pistons have had, but yet they've made the playoffs every year. They played as a team. You know, Rip uh, Hamilton and, you know, Chauncey Billups, and, you know, they just they got the job done. What do you think, Stephen? You're the NBA guy. Well, I'm also the oldest one on this panel, so I can go back to 1969 to give you another example this was the, the last uh, championship year of the Celtics, and Bill Russell was in the twilight of his career. They played the Lakers that year for the championship, and the Lakers had Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, and Jerry West. And uh, the Celtics were an aging team, and they didn't have those kind of star power, and they ended up beating the Lakers in seven games. You know, actually, there's a, a great book uh, called The Rivalry in which it talks about the whole, uh, you know, 15 years or whatever between Wilt and, and Bill Russell, and it details that series. Uh, it's I, I'd highly recommend that. Okay, so here's the question. With our test, is he in the Randy Moss mode right now, which is an erratic guy who, because the team is so strong, he's keeping himself within the bounds of expectations, or is it a situation where our test is a loose cannon that uh, is probably going to go off here before too long? Well, my opinion is, you know, reality sets in. And this, this guy believes right now with the Rockets, he's got a chance at a ring. And no matter whether you're a head case or not, everybody wants a ring. And go back to, I hate to keep bringing Randy Moss up, but, you know, the guy was the perfect, you know, consummate player at, at New England, and he got what he never was able to get before was a ring. So there's, well, there's no, something. He, he hasn't gotten a ring. Right, he got it with the uh, – yeah, he did. He got to the Super Bowl. He <laughs> got to the Super Bowl. That's my, an my bad, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think coming back to Randy Moss makes a ton of sense because it is an example of – what every team that ever signs a T.O. or ever signs a Randy Moss hopes it works out the way Randy Moss has worked out in New England. That, to me, is the exception, not the rule. Yeah, it's a statue of limitations with these guys. It's like being on the top of a volcano where the lava is going to erupt at any time. You just don't know when. You're just hoping and hoping that you can just get a championship and then get out of there. All right, so VR, it's interesting. Marco said, oh, Houston now has a chance at a ring. I mean, literally, entering, you played Houston on a future, and the idea that Marco's saying that probably tells us how much perception has changed off that one Houston win. What did you actually play Houston at and when? I, I 
gave I gave Houston out on that futures blog that I did back in November. Uh, I mean uh, September October, I believe, um, that had the Steelers on it and the UConn the Hu- and, and stuff like that. And, and what was the payoff? Uh, Houston was twelve to one when when I bet it. They were they started at like twenty eight or thirty to one, but when I gave it out, they were down to twelve to one. And then last week on the podcast, they were back up to twenty five to one, and I gave them out here. Um, last week as the free pick of the week. And remember, starting the season, they had McGrady, and, and, and thus, at least in the eyes of the public, were a better team. Exactly. And I thought they they were a defensive-minded team, and that's what I look at when I bet futures. Every one of my teams, if you look at them, I thought they had the ability to play defense. But, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They only won one game, and these are the Lakers. They were minus, what, 900 to win the series, 700, 800. But the thing is, the team that wins game one usually wins a series 80% of the time. So odds are with Houston if you look at it from that vantage point. But um, I just knew going in, I didn't think this was going to be an easy test for the Lakers. They give up too many points. They're ranked 13th in, in the league. They don't rebound well. They're 19th in the league on, on defensive rebounds. And that's the, the recipe that Houston wins with. Okay, so let's wrap the first segment with some opinions that our listeners can act upon. And so we're going to do a roundtable. Quick answer is, and when I say quick, let's say you know less than a minute, starting with Marco is the first win by the uh, Rockets in game one. It could do two things, it would seem, or somewhere in between. One is wake up the Lakers and mean that that whatever dominance the Lakers were going to have is going to be even more pronounced because of the first loss. Or two, is it a sign that this Houston team really is a matchup problem and this is going to be a close series? I think this is going to be a six- or seven-game series. I I do agree with that. And And, And if that's the case... And the Lakers are going to be getting nine or laying nine or ten on at home. And in theory, though, if you do an eight point reversal, will be a two point favorite or maybe a you know a one point favorite on the road. Houston's going to be a play on pretty much every game. Pretty much the the toughest game of this series is going to be game two tonight, as we're taping on Wednesday. And you're going to pay the price for it. You're laying nine and a half for them tonight, but you know psychologically it is the Lakers advantage tonight because teams when they go into a series their goal was the the road team and that's Houston in this case win one of those two games so psychologically Houston's accomplished their goal all right so that would be an extension of the zigzag theory which we've talked about in our how to handicap the NBA playoffs you can check that out at pregamepodcast.com but again so the short answer is that you think Houston Houston's game one win shows us they're better relatively to the Lakers than we thought, and you're going to be looking to playing on the Rockets. I'm going to look at the Rockets, and I'm going to be looking at under in this series, other than tonight's game as far as that total. The rest of the series, I think, is going to be an under series. Okay, Stephen. Well, maybe this game one pointed out some things that you thought the, the Lakers are already past, namely maybe their bench isn't that good, they're nicked up, maybe Andrew Bynum uh, isn't uh, fully where he was before his injury. So it leaves a lot of open questions regarding the Lakers. For myself, I, I, I agree with Marco that this game coming up, game two, is not the best spot for Houston. Throughout the series, I believe you're going to be forced to pay a premium on the Lakers, and I think Houston will create matchup problems but throughout hold on, the hold series. Hold on, hold on. You're going to be able to always pay a premium on the Lakers. So we could have said that and recorded it and kept playing it for five years. The question is, is this game one win, 
by the Rockets? Does it tell us that the Rockets are better than we thought? Oh, absolutely. No, not better than I thought. I, I, but better I, than the public thought. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I said, they're going to be a great bet throughout the series because they'll be getting more points than they should be, and they create matchup nightmares for the Lakers. And except for game two, like Marco said, this is a bad spot for them because they did accomplish what, you know, the goal. They served, they took home court away from the Lakers, and it's tough to get up and do it again. I mean, teams in this spot are 9-28 and 28 straight up. So, it, so so when you say this spot, what's the spot? Being uh, one nothing, right, so winning you're saying game that, one on the road. So road, road teams... That, winning, winning the series one zero going into game two. Exactly. Okay. So and and that's a poor, that's a bad spot, which means the Lakers, the home team, would be in a good spot. Um, and, and the stat was what was the ATS on that? I don't have the ATS. I don't have. I just I said oh, the the home, n- straight up the home team, the the road team has has lost. Yeah, seventy nine percent of the game two, so it's not a good situation for them. Okay, clearly though, with the zigzag, the lay is always going to be pretty heavy in that case. Yeah, absolutely. They're making you pay double digits, pretty much. So. I think fundamentally, this series, Stephen touched on one thing that people don't look at, and you brought it up a little bit with Bynum being, you know, coming back from the injury. I still think even a hundred percent healthy Bynum, he's no match for Yao Ming. It, there's just such a, a presence with Yao Ming. He's one of the most underrated big men in the league. I mean, they, I don't know if it's because you know you know, his heritage or whatever, you know, if this guy came out of college, I mean, he doesn't get the respect that he should. I agree 100%, Marco. I, Yao Ming's showing that Bynum is not the Lakers' long-term answer at center. He's not this prodigy at center that, that they were making him out to be when he was hurt, how when he returns, the Lakers will be just so much better. I don't see it. Yao's eating him up, and now he's claiming he's injured. That was his latest quote. He's not 100%. So uh, uh, that's going to be a key matchup problem right there for Yale. Okay, great conversation. Now in segment two, when we come back, we'll be talking about the MLB uh, baseball. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. We're back and segment two of three new feature. We're going to have, I'm not sure the name of it, so I'm going to uh, talk about it and then we can come up with a name is we're going to do a round table, talk to each of our participants. And in baseball, we want a team that we should either play on or play off the next 30 days. And if, and clearly if they say play on and you trust them, you're going to look to play on them when the situation, when the other factors uh, fall into place. And if it's a playoff, you look to fade them. And I think that that's good information that our listeners can act upon and apply to their handicapping. Okay, so I'm going to start with Marco. In baseball, Marco, is there a team to play on or play off in your mind? Well, we're going to be doing a projection. You're going to look for value. So you're going to look for a dog that you think that at worst-case scenario is going to be able to play 50% ball for you over that 30-day period. You're going to make a profit. Or, you know, a healthy profit taking dogs. And I'm going to look to my hometown team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are a team that's your, been. Your former hometown. My former hometown. Well, I still have a house there, well, so in, technically you're, I'm paying you're, taxes. You're tw- you're, uh, <laughs> your Twitter account is Marco in Vegas. So. Well, this is true. Uh, but uh, The fact that your gambling winnings allow you to have houses all across the country, <laughs> I mean, that's a separate issue. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> and I still, uh, by the way, I still have a dinner coming, I think. But that's another story. Uh, we, <laughs> Pittsburgh, prior to playing Milwaukee in the last week, where they've lost, they lost all five games to the Milwaukee Brewers and now have lost 17 games in a row, this team was three games over 500. They were at nine and six if you take Milwaukee out of it. The pitching staff was good. They're getting more run production this year than I, they anticipated. I think that now that they're back a couple games under 500, the public's going to say this is the old Pittsburgh Pirates. They're going to be dogs in most of these games. And I think they have a very legitimate shot of playing 500 ball or slightly above over the next 30 days, and they're going to be a dog most of the games. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Now, what's the stat? They haven't been 500 since 92. Is that right? It's been a long time, <laughs> unfortunately. All right, so real quick, any any thoughts on that Pittsburgh play on? Could I respectfully disagree absolutely, with Markle on, on the, on the well, Pirates? You know what you could say? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Even better. But go ahead, Steve. Uh, I don't know if Markle quite realizes just uh, how bad Pittsburgh's going to be now that their, their catcher is out. He's going to be out another two months. Uh, their closer is out right now, so you're looking at uh, who uh, Grabo and Tyler Yates uh, as your possible closers. Uh, they're they're not hitting, and they don't necessarily have the guys that can all of a sudden start hitting again. Uh, some of their guys are okay, but they're not great bats. Uh, they have some young guys that are unproven, and um, I think their their uh, pitchers have been pitching over their heads, Mahomes and Duke, and, um, and and that's the whole issue is is. Clearly, we've seen some decent results so far, especially if you take out Milwaukee, which how valid that is, who knows, but let's say it is valid. Are you saying that that was fluky because the pitchers are pitching overhead and in combination with the injuries, you're looking for a downturn? Well, it's fluky that Pittsburgh's lost 17 in a row to Milwaukee, but Pittsburgh's going to continue to lose. I think Ian Snell pitched his one good game of the year, and I just think their their pitchers have been pitching over their heads. Their bullpen has serious issues. Caps was their one decent uh, reliever. Maybe he'll be back in a few days. Maybe not. They're just uh, they don't have the budget and uh, they're not getting the crowd. Uh, and we're not talking point spread here. We're just uh, I'm not saying go lay, you know, two dollar play two dollar favorites against them, but uh, I think they're a, a team to fade. Yeah, but forgetting the point spread for a minute is if you're looking at the course of a month and you're playing and again, not that it's going to be plus 200 every night, but let's say you're getting plus 200. The key is winning the percentage to, to make a profit. Correct. What, what I'm saying is is fade Pittsburgh uh, with teams that are small to medium-sized favorites. So you're actually not only saying don't play on, you'd be fading at this point. Yes. Okay, and to me, I love this because here's the point. If it was clear that Marco was right or if it was clear that Steven was right, then everyone would see it and we'd all be betting that way and the line would be adjusted. The fact that there's room for reasonable minds to disagree is what makes sports betting so exciting and and so fun. What we try to do a little different on the sports betting uh, weekly uh, preview show here is not only give the opinion, but give the reasons behind it and then let you make a decision. Hey, does this reason sound valid or does that reason sound valid? Now, in the mold of, uh, in the mold of Crossfire back in the day, Marco, do you have any retort? Well, the fact about the not hitting, uh, they've scored 17 runs in the last four games. Uh, how many, how many, where do you, what do you term as not hitting? 
Well, that's great for Pittsburgh that they're averaging a little more than four runs per game during that span. It's, <laughs> so. I guess it, it, might, it is all relative, but the beauty of the money line is you're getting the advantage of playing that team that is undervalued. Yeah, I mean, the 17 runs, one of the games they got shut out, so they scored 17 in three games. <laughs> oh, uh, we're saying, now, what about left-handed quarterbacks east of the Mississippi? Well, we did, I didn't pull those stats yet. All right, so I, I really great, great conversation. I think both sides made good points, and we'll leave it to the the listeners with their bankroll to decide okay so next up uh vr play on or play off which team fade the yankees uh, <laughs> oh jesus i could have told you that we no, could have recorded that no, one for I'm five gonna, years i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell you why because lvsc just sent out their power rankings for major league baseball for this week and guess who's number one your New York yankees are you serious how, how how can he possibly new york yankees Previous rank number two this week, rank number one. Behind them are the Boston Red Sox, who have just beaten them five straight games as of last night. Are Hold you on, we at got the correct year. I got it right here in front oh, of me, my oh, friend. It was, you sure that's not ninety six? Right here because the Dodgers are eighteen and eight. Oh, hold on a second, one more time. And the Dodgers. What are, you talking about Willis? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if the odds makers' numbers have them that high, and they're already the New York Yankees. How much of an overlay are they going to be every single game? It becomes almost an automatic fade. Eyes closed. Bet against them. Let's take a minute here. We've got, uh, I mean, Lordy B, with Marco and Steve, and we have over 70 years of handicapping experience here. Marco's got 65. I thought you said you were the oldest guy in the room earlier and in it this takes podcast. Like 10 yeah. you know, I let expert, that slide right? by, Stephen. You're like I, a seventh-degree <laughs> black belt in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, your kung fu is better than mine. But here, here's the question, all joking aside, we just and it's kind of funny that this came up now. We just said reasonable minds can disagree. Is there any reasonable mind that says the Yankees are the best team in baseball? I got to ask, how could sports books be paying these guys for opening lines? <laughs> They're when, six when, when, and five at home, so they can't win in their own home park. They're not comfortable there yet. They can't win on the road. The, the, in what world do you move somebody up in the rankings injured. when they just got swept by the team you put behind them? All right, when they have a better record, too. Steven, you, you actually worked for a while for uh, the odds maker here in town. Does this make any sense to you? No, but I can answer Marco's question. The sports books pay them so they can have somebody to blame to their corporate bosses. <laughs> it's like the USC syndrome they had. They, 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 he, they love a certain team, and he loves the New York Yankees. All right, so fa- that sounds like the best. It's only the second one we've ever had, uh, I mean, but it sounds like the best one. VR's quote, fade the Yankees. <laughs> fade the Yankees. <laughs> but, man, it seems like the next month that, that there's some real value there. So if I if I take a big, long vacation from pregame, you know that the Yankees have the lost Yan- a lot, and, and I'm living down the Bellagio. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I thought you were living down there, anyways. <laughs> now the third, or the uh, I mean, when you have the poker room and the buffet, it's and you have the the bank right there, the club, and on Friday night, I'm not sure where else I want to be. I got to be honest. When, when was the last time you were on a dance floor? Oh, I n- never. I'm like Brandon Walsh from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I don't dance. All right, but <laughs> all right. So before we move on to Stevens fade or play on is uh, remember in the third segment we're going to be giving free picks and yes Vegas Runner won another boxing match this weekend and we'll be hearing all about it 
Okay, Stephen, play on or play off? Geez, that's why I disagree with Markle, so I could use the Pirates as my, uh, <laughs> as my fade. Well, um, you know what? You took a second shot at me. We're going on record. 30 days from today, we're going we're to chart the Pittsburgh Pirates a $100 bet, taking the Pirates every day, and we'll see if I turn a profit or not. Okay. And it's going to be for lunch. I, I, could, I could talk about a concept, well, wait, though, You, you uh, get an answer if it's going to be like for that. lunch or not. Like Let me collect my dinner bet first with RJ that Brett Favre comes back. and then I'll. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways. Uh, now, hold on, hold on. The host is talking. Right, one is we have that bet. In fact, I've been talking Who about. Says Brett's coming back. I'm sorry. Remember, is I actually, I, I swear to God, and this is the God's truth, if I could have bet 20, uh, 10 dimes <laughs> on Favre coming back, I would have, saying no. I was thinking that it was such a sucker bet. I, I mean, Stephen's vast experience I should have accounted for <laughs> is. Smith and Walensky? <laughs> is that the Smith State uh, place? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it looks. I would say now you'd have to say 70% he's coming. But in a way, you almost think it's the opposite of what it seems now because he loves the attention. So we actually have that bet that will be paid off. I've actually, man, I'm on a bad streak. <laughs> I, lost, I lost the bet to Marco about would the Jazz be favored at any time against the Lakers. Okay, but now I, we, have, we have a challenge. Challenge laid out. Let's RJ, make... why do you think we do these podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> let me promise you, long term. I let, uh, all right, I'll bet we you. Get easy uh, hold on, off hold these. on. I'll bet you I'm going to win more bets in the next two years. Now, but all right, here's the question, Marco. You want to bet the following? You play the Pirates blind the next thirty days, and you're going to be plus units. Steven, do you want to take? It? I like that. Boy, this is wow, interesting. Wow, quiet. This let's, is interesting. Let's go. This is Vegas. Gamblers. Uh, all right, Marco. Put me down for lunch. On <laughs> yeah, because you were real strong about right, being yeah, bad. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, well, Marco. there's two strong. You weren't like, yeah, they're going to be bad. You were like, they're terrible. Well, VR, there's two kinds of strongs. There's wallet strong and there's podcast strong. <laughs> Does all that, right. the plus 130 they're at today count? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I, I only like to take sure things like Favre coming back. Oh, Jesus. All right, so, Stephen, quickly, play on, playoff. Well, let me just talk about a concept with this. One of the reasons why I was against the, the Pirates was because of their bullpen situation and their catcher being out. And I think if you look at the teams that's, that, that's going on right now, the Braves have been struggling because their catcher's out. He's an all-star catcher. The Pirates have a very good hitting catcher. If you talk bullpens, I think the Astros are in a lot of trouble. We saw it uh, on, on Tuesday uh, with their game against the Nationals. Oswald had to go out with a blister or something in the sixth inning. Their bullpen gave it all back. Uh, their closer is out, Valaverde, who's a very good closer. One of their setup guys, Brocal, is out, which just shows you how bad their bullpen is to start with when he's kind of one of their key setup guys. So I, I look to, if you're going to look to think down the road of fading a team, fade a team that's got bullpen issues and maybe their catcher out. And... I love it because one of our reoccurring concepts here, the, a commandment we call it, is it's always about public perception. Is if Tom Brady's out, it doesn't take a genius to know that New England is not as good as they were with him. But in football, for example, the center is, you know, if you read any old school handicapping book, it says when the center's out, you know, that's not accounted for in the line. And I think it's a very valid point. Now, Steven's telling us in baseball that the bullpen being thin and the catcher being out are two situations that the public, the betting market does not properly account for. So you accounting for that can offer value. So I think that's a great concept and, uh, and agree with it 100%. Okay, so... 
A uh, really fun second segment. I think we had some good. The nice thing about this segment, we'll be doing it once a month for each sport that's active, is you can act on this information and we give you the details of the rationale and let you decide how valid it is. Okay, we're going to be back with our third segment, which is free picks. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. We're back, guys. Segment three of three, free picks. Okay. Now, we sometimes usually have a question of the week here, but it's been quite a while. And uh, it actually, you guys have improved, especially those that listen to uh, Marco's horse racing podcast with Prospectus, um, one of our uh, key form contributors. It really got an amazing response. And uh, there was eight, nine, ten people uh, that replied talking about how awesome it was. So for any horse racing fans, for the the, the Preakness is next, right? And yep. then the Belmont is uh, we are scheduling to do another podcast uh, with uh, Prospectus. And uh, additionally, Marco and Rob Crown. Rob Crown does a ton of horses. We'll be doing a podcast. But here's what I need from our listeners of the Sports Bank Preview. I need you to jump into the forums. Uh, it's always going to be uh, a sticky at the top of the page is each week the sports betting preview we keep up there for you guys to listen to. But we also want feedback. We want to know. We want to continue the conversation. Does anyone agree the Yankees are the best team? Is anyone thinking we're wrong about that? What's your position on the Pirates? Do you agree with Marco? Do you agree with Steven? And any other concepts we talk about, we want to talk about this stuff in the forums. And additionally, you'll have Marco, you'll have Steven, you'll have Vegas Runner, you'll have myself responding to you. Additionally, tell us what we can do better because it's a constant uh, pursuit of ours to do something better each week with our podcast. Okay, so now, and if you have any questions you want answered, we'll, we'll address those uh, potentially on air if they're very interesting to the wide audience. Okay, so Marco, before we get into the free picks, we actually give a coupon each week on the podcast. Uh, why don't you jump in? Okay, as we do every week, I like to give RJ's money away, but apparently maybe I'm giving too much away because I haven't cashed my free dinner I got coming yet. So the key to this is he enjoys talking about it. As much as he enjoys eating, the only thing he likes more in the world, I think, is talking about beating me on a bet. But go ahead. It's like the movie Trading Places, you know. I, you know, I would ruin a guy's life for a dollar if it, if it beat you, you know. <laughs> so we we'll give you our, our listeners are waiting for their coupon. Well, it is May ten. Use the coupon the word May. We're in the month of May already, and the number ten. Go to the checkout. Put all those winning picks in there you want to buy from the pregame pros. And we got some hot cappers. I want to tell you, one guy is really ripping it up, Ben Burns. He's on a 20-8 and eight run with his selections. You can get Ben Burns or any of our hot cappers. Put it in the shopping cart, May 10, in the, promo co- or in the coupon code, and you are set. It will automatically take $10 off, and that's good till next Monday. And whenever we give a great offer, I like to do a little soundbite for my favorite movie. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. All right, so free picks. Let's get straight to the man of the hour, Vegas Runner actually won another fight pick. So tell us a little bit about that. And additionally, he's 7-2 and two on his freebies here on the podcast. Mm. VR. Big bet last week. Manny Pacquiao was the first uh, four-unit bet that I gave out um, in fights for 2009. Uh, it was my fight of the month. I just, I really couldn't understand how guys like Teddy Atlas 
and professional bettors like uh, Lem Banker said that Ricky Hatton was such a, a huge underlay that he should have been plus 130 at the most or, or Pacquiao shouldn't have been minus, higher than minus 150, they were saying. I didn't see it at all. I even emailed Marco that day of, and I said, I watched both of their last two fights last night. That's what I did. I went home. I watched both of their last two fights. I said, he's going to roll right through them. He's going to destroy him. If he's standing after eight, I'll be surprised. Where I gave out half of the bet on a knockout and got plus 130 instead of laying the high odds. So I'm really zoned in on the fight game. Unfortunately, this week, uh, the only fight of mention is Tarver and Chad Dawson. And Chad Dawson's minus 700. And believe it or not, it's a minus 700 underlay. Tarver can't win that fight. But it's something you can't you bet on. And uh, instead, we're, I'm going to give out... He hardly beat Rocky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he's done. He shouldn't even... I, you know, the guy's taking the fight. What are you going to do? So you always have a puncher's chance. But I really think it should be more like minus 1,200. Dawson's just not a well-known fighter. But you're not playing that? No, absolutely not. I'll look on the undercard, though, because I, I want to stay in it and look every week to I mean, try to have he, a fight of the week for my guys. If we count... I mean, if we count the... Um, uh, the freebies you've given out on the podcast and your handful of premium picks, you're what about nine and two or so? Uh, in the fight? N- nine and three for uh, for fights this year, uh, up over twenty units. Awesome. Okay, so free pick. All right, let's let's. The, the, I'll give two out. I'll give two today. Well, here's the thing: we're doing something a little special, Stephen. And one of the things that has kept him in the business this long is with the look ahead. There's nothing he likes enough to give out. So Stephen's going to uh, sit and maybe crack wise on Marco's pick, maybe. But the fact of the matter is, he's not going to be given a pick. And I like it. I like a guy that will pa- really making a decision to pass is a pick. You're picking not to play. Yeah, and th- these are two simple picks. The the first one's in the NBA. Last week I gave out Houston. Ben- him in the future 25 to 1 and I don't think we're done cashing in on this team because I still think they're undervalued and what I'm going to say that that you should do is right now they're still at plus 400 to win this series I think you wait till after game two and tomorrow morning when they're back up to plus 700 or higher you go ahead and you make another small wager on the Houston Rockets to win the series over the Lakers all right so assuming uh, a Laker winning game two. Exactly. You, you go ahead and you take Houston once the odds go back up to around plus 700 or higher. All right. One free pick's fine. What about the second one? Let's get the NASCAR. This one's one of the best races. It's the one I look forward to every year. It's at night. It's on Saturday. It's the uh, Southern 500 in Darlington, the first track to have a 500-mile race, first track to have asphalt, believe it or not. Um, and, and I think we got a good pick here. Gordon owned this track. It was always called the track that's too tough to tame and he's won seven times there and now he's back as as the points leader number one but he hasn't won a race in two years and you could get seven to one on him i think he shows up saturday night i think he gets the win um Behind him is Kyle Busch. You always have to throw him in the mix. He's 5-1. to one. He won last year. He dominated this race, laps leader and all. So I think you should break it down. Take a unit, put half on Jeff Gordon at 7-1, to one, the other half a unit on Kyle Busch at 5-1, to one, and you got the best two drivers covered for that race. You know what we should do is we should have a – and maybe once we take it to the next level, we can do this. Pregame.com will have a drawing in which you fly to Vegas and sit beside VR a whole weekend in the book and play half times, first quarters, hedge. I mean, it, it'll, it'd be like a fantasy trip. <laughs> the stock market floor. <laughs> okay, Marco, hit us with your freebie. Okay, and Stephen, please don't be too distraught over me You having to buy me lunch when I win that bet. Just because I've been barred from three buffets on the Las Vegas Strip, don't. <laughs> 
Get, That's from lack concerned. of tipping, though. <laughs> nah. uh, I'm going to go with the Thursday night NBA game, and it's the Cavs in Atlanta. I'm going to give you guys a treat. I'm looking at the Atlanta game. They're, nobody's going to want the Atlanta Hawks on Thursday. Absolutely not after the Cleveland went in and blew them out. Looking for Atlanta to take this game, make it close. Cleveland's been rolling all through the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks plus the points on Thursday. Steven, any, any cracks on that? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just teasing. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, clearly, but, you know, it's one of those questions to me is old school versus new school. Yeah, the old man. school is easy to say, <laughs> oh, God, this team's undervalued. And I think he's right that if you took true power rankings, it's going to be two points over because of LeBron because of that last win. But this Cleveland team is winning every game by 25 points. And covering. Well, clearly. Yeah. So, so I mean, to me, this I mean, LeBron's on a mission. And, and I, I'm having uh, – I was surprised when I was looking at the picks for Tuesday's games that a number of guys that hardly ever play favorites were on the Cavs. And, and, and JB, for example, who's an NBA expert – if I'm not mistaken, uh, was on the Cavs. And it was like, this guy's a dog player, and finally he's on the Cavs. Now, there's two ways to look at that. The Cavs are so good, the linesmaker can't catch up to them. Or that when you get a guy like JB on the Cavs, maybe it is time to fade them because everyone's on them. I mean, they've covered every game since the playoffs started, five straight. So we know you're going to pay a premium for them. But like you said, RJ, the, the new wave wise guy to the old school wise guy, the new school wise guy saying i'm following them i'm gonna ride them why look for it the end you like you always say marco you can't you could only cash one ticket looking for a streak to end and i'm more like i have a little too much old school in me too because i liked atlanta yesterday and i probably am gonna like them again on well, thursday because of the points from a handicapper standpoint there's two points to remember cleveland ripped through detroit and they sat there and waited a week to play Atlanta played a seven-game series against Miami and then had to go you know, with one day rest and play in Cleveland. LeBron just got named the MVP, so he had a lot of you know, electric crowd. You know, He got his MVP award, blah, blah, blah. This team, this is the game where Atlanta's going to have a chance to sneak up on them and make a game of it. That's my feeling. I think there's a couple thoughts here. Is, uh, I agree with you, Marco. There was a situation that made the Cavs in a good spot in game one. But They've they've dominated five games now. So the question is is was would they have won by eighteen instead of twenty five or whatever they won by? And that was the adjustment of of the situation you're acknowledging. But they still would have won by eighteen. And I agree. I I think the old school new school argument is simple. Is there a fundamental reason? to keep playing this team. If you have a team that wins four in a row and it, they got a couple breaks, there was a couple scheduling spots, that's time to be old school. You're going to then at that point fade uh, the team that the public likes more than they should. But if there's a legitimate reason to be playing this team, even if even if the public's on them, I think playing them is smart. And, and I look at this Cavs team, not just because they're so good, because – I would say most of the experts I talk to think the Lakers will beat the Cavs. Now, that's a whole other conversation, but that's what I've heard. But it's the fact that LeBron has this team like Jordan used to. He dictates their effort, and he's decided this team is going to play hard every night. Now, Steven, uh, you don't have a free pick, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Cavs in general. Well, you know, Marco, what would scare me about Atlanta in this game, too, is that 
Yeah, I think from a handicapping standpoint, uh, you're right. I think it is on uh, on paper perhaps a letdown situation. But to, to back a dog, that dog's got to have some hunt in him. Now, does Atlanta have that? They have not proven that on the road. It's like they're Jekyll and Hyde. They're very tough at home. They're they're absolute dogs. I'm not meaning underdogs. I mean dog, dog on the road. Is that something you want to back? Yeah, the spread is going to be maybe a point or two higher than it should be, but I, I'm agreeing with what everybody's saying about LeBron being on a mission. I, where I've gotten hurt, uh, I, I did have the Cavs in game one. However, I also had the under for a strong now, so, play. So think about it. How I mean, often, the over. How uh, often have you laid... 12 points, 11 and a half points in the playoffs in, in the last 10 years. Even. I think it's a different animal in the playoffs, RJ. The, so these guys, do, they, you, they will kill. This will be a kill spot in the playoffs. So, so you do often lay double Well, digits. I don't often. No, no I, I, mean, I do not often do it. But if I think it's the right spot, I will. What's hurt me about the Cavaliers, and maybe I can warn people not to make the same mistakes I've made with this team, is trying to go over these seemingly low totals of 178, 179. Those are the kind of totals are very tempting for me to go over. And when you do that with the Cavaliers game, it looks so like an over through the halftime and then the third quarter. But by that time, Cleveland's got the game safely won. Their reserves are not offensive-minded, and they go under every time, and it's very frustrating. Steven, long-term is a, is a handicapper that, that bets for a living. You look for value. You, and if you feel you're getting value and you always take the best of it, you're going to come out ahead in the long run. But, but I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Let me finish the thought. You're going to tell me that Detroit and Atlanta are the same quality of team this year? No, when Atlanta's at home, they're much better. But Atlanta but, on the road is a, isn't a very good team. What were they? They're still worse than Detroit? I don't like Atlanta on the road. I don't like Detroit. And I don't like Atlanta more on the road. Tomorrow night, than Detroit got in any of the games of the series. Could it be because of the establishment of LeBron and the Cavs that they're going to be in a kill mode, as as Stephen called it? Right now, everybody. Uh, do has, you think the Cavs are better now than they, you did before they started the Pistons series? I think they're the same team that they were going in. So, I, I was. They did what they were supposed to do. They. No, because the fact they covered five straight games says they've gone beyond what they're supposed to do in five games. Detroit was a team that the final week of the season didn't even look like they were going to make the playoffs. Were you playing the Cavs every game? I wasn't laying the tariff there. Why? I mean, that, that's the debate. You've got – what Marco says, I agree in a vacuum 100%. If you take the best of it, you're going to win. The question is, is it truly the best of it just because there's a point or two premium – if there's fundamental reasons for that premium other than the public's ignorance, but rather LeBron, you know, think well, of it like this. Let's say for the sake of argument that the Cowboys always have to lay two extra points, which I think is probably a valid assumption. If the Cowboys are six points better than the odds maker think they are in a given game, they're still going to be getting four points of value playing the Cowboys. So I think the case can be made laying 10, let's say in the playoffs, you're going to have many fewer times that you really have the best of it there. But old school wise guys think you never have the best of it there. And, and, and I think that's the difference. What I'm finding with, with the playoffs is that it's rare to where you can get value if you want the side that you think is the best side. I think Markle makes a valid point comparing Atlanta to Detroit. Now, we haven't seen it yet with Atlanta, but Detroit quit. You know, they game four, they, they, they quit. Rasheed Wallace, a total dog. And, and uh, I don't think Atlanta, I don't think they'll quit like that, but Detroit did. 
and I think the public looks at game one and thinks that Atlanta did quit and that they're overmatched. And I just think, and we talked about it on our NBA playoff preview podcast, teams, when a game is gone, they're not going to put out all the effort to try to come back and make a game of it. They're just going to let it go. It was a bad situation for Atlanta. Coming with one day's rest, they had to come off a seven-game series and go in and play the best team in the East. When the game got out of hand, they did quit. But they're going to play the full 48 minutes tomorrow night. Well, I got to tell you, I love this. A uh, couple of the comments. Great conversation. Uh, the old school, new school stuff. I, I mean, we're really the only people talking about this. And I think it's probably one of the dominant factors of betting in 2009. So I think that's exciting. I think Marco makes great points. And what I really enjoy with is the fact that Steven, it was like a, a, I was like a, def, uh, a lawyer that kept asking and asking. And finally, the fourth time he bit. And then we got like five or seven minutes of Marco and Steven debating. So to me, I had my winner right there. And it's going to be a pure coincidence that Steven. Steven has a flat tire in the parking lot today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, I got to tell you, great podcast. Any closing thoughts? Just get in there and tell us what you guys like. Seriously, don't hurt our feelings. Don't worry about that. Tell us what you like. It's the only way this podcast can get to what you guys want it to be. It can be tell an, us. It can be an extension of this conversation. It's just that we're not uh, in front of mics. We're, we're writing it down, our thoughts, because, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. Thank you. Great podcast. Okay, so that's it for this week. And we're going to be back next week talking about upcoming games and teaching you how to handicap every game. And remember, all podcasts available at pregamepodcast.com.